This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. Welcome to the Cleveland Guardians Fancast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. You can find us at Guardian Fancast on Twitter. You can email me at Quincy at GuardiansFancast.com. Today we have a chance to talk about another Cleveland Guardians victory. They're fourth in a row, a 7-3 win over the Reds. Some things to highlight. It was Stephen Kwan's worst game yet. He only got on base one time and he struck out. He actually swung and missed at a pitch. Hey, It's good to see that the man is human. I know that we were probably all hoping that he would bat 700, 800 for the whole year, but it's probably a good sign that we can see that he'll get through a difficult day and bounce back, see how he bounces back on Friday uh, as the Guardians have a day off today. So um, he's only batting 526 right now with a 1.392 OPS, so certainly struggling there. He's been overtaken in OPS category by Jose Ramirez and Owen Miller. Jose Ramirez now batting 1.576 OPS and Owen Miller a 1.593 OPS. Owen Miller hit two home runs yesterday. Jose Ramirez had three hits, including a homer and three RBI. Jose is looking great early in the year, which has to be scary for the American League because he usually takes a little bit of time to get going. He's had a little bit of warmer weather to hit in. He doesn't seem like he loves hitting in the colder weather, so that that's part of it, but he really seems like he's got his stroke going right now, and Guardians fans couldn't be more happy. Hopefully we get to celebrate uh, his contract extension on today or Friday, one of those days. We should get the press conference announcing his contract extension. Uh, Rosenthal noted that he took even less money to stay here uh, rather than give the team deferrals, which is just incredible to think about. What an amazing player. So great to have him on our team. Owen Miller, as I mentioned, hit two homers, had three hits in five at-bats, and uh, just is doing really well to start off the year. He's Putting the ball in play, he's hitting the ball with authority. That's what he's able to do if he's going well. Oscar Mercado had another couple hits, including a homer. Definitely going to still see him get some time. He's kind of playing his way into the lineup. Tito mentioned how guys that hit well will continue to get rewarded. And uh, uh, Miles Straw had four hits, so great day for him. And notably, Austin Hedges had two walks, and we've been talking a little bit about Austin Hedges. I, you know, had a tweet where I was talking about what the lineup should be when Naylor gets back, saying about how, you know, I think maybe we get Miller at first, we get Jimenez in shortstop and Ahmed Rosario in left field, and we get Naylor at first base and uh, Quan in right field. And when I put catcher up on the tweet, I said, make a trade in capital letters. And, you know, I was kind of being tongue-in-cheek, didn't necessarily mean that the team had to make a trade right away. 
But if you listen to the podcast, you know that I've been advocating that the Guardians should not be running out Austin Hedges as their full-time catcher most days of the week because he can't hit the ball. Now, it's been a little controversial this week because, of course, there's no nuance on Twitter. I tried to follow it up with another tweet to say, hey, this isn't me saying I want to get rid of Austin Hedges because I like Austin Hedges on this team. I can see that he's a clubhouse leader. I can see it's crucial how he handles the pitching staff. But there are guys out there that can handle the pitching staff well. There are guys out there who are great framers, not elite framers like Austin Hedges. There are guys out there who are great defensively. Austin Hedges doesn't have the greatest arm as a catcher, so he's not necessarily going to keep the run game under control. So you could compensate a little bit for maybe a little less framing by a guy who's got a better arm who can keep the running game under control. They're just guys that can do more of that and yet not be absolutely horrible at the plate. Now, I wanted to follow that up a little bit with an Austin Hedges manifesto today, so to speak. So just to talk a little bit about Austin Hedges, Austin Hedges' best year was with the Padres in 2018. He put up a 90 WRC+, and he put up 2.3 wins because he's going to put up a lot of wins if he puts up a 90 WRC+, because he's one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. So he's always putting up value that way. For example, last year he was pretty much the the best defensive catcher in baseball, and yet he was only league average because his WRC plus was 40, which is just terrible. Of course, to start off this year, his WRC plus is negative 36, but it's very early, so we're not holding that against him. Now, in 2018, Austin Hedges had a 280 batting average on balls in play, which tells you that he was getting pretty lucky that year. And it's reflected if you look at his weighted on base average. He had an expected weighted on base average of 261, which would still have been 30 points higher than his expected weighted on base average from last year with Cleveland. So it was a decent year. It was a better year, but probably a lot of luck involved in him putting up that many offensive numbers. Now, his slugging percentage was... 429, which is way above anything he's ever done in the majors. That's what he did in 2018. Again, kind of luck-driven, but also sending the ball with a little more authority than he usually does. His slugging percentage usually hangs out in the lower 300s, and that's kind of what saves him from being an unplayable player. When he's able to make contact, he can hit the ball good ways. And you know that if you're a Guardians fan last year, he hit 10 homers, which, yeah, hey, 10 homers from your catcher, you can deal with that. The problem is the 27.9% strikeout rate with an only a 4.8% walk rate. Uh, Austin Hedges is just striking out too much. He's in the bottom 13% for whiff rate, the bottom 23% for chase rate, the bottom 12% for K percentage, uh, and he gets uh, one 1% for barrel rate. Uh, that's for 2022 so far. So again, that's kind of small sample size, of course. So you don't necessarily want to look at that for everything that you see. He doesn't just doesn't hit enough to make me want to put him in the lineup that often. Um, for 
2021, he was the bottom 3.8% for barrels. So just to kind of give you a sense of where he was for that, his exit velocity for 2021 was 85.7, which is pretty rough. So again, he's just not a good hitter. The question is, is there more to his bat? And that's where we look at what the robots have to say. So you know that I, if you listen to the podcast, you know that I like zips. I think it's probably the best measurement the public has to kind of get a determination of who a player is and what we should expect for them. Zips thinks Austin Hedges is incredible defensively, which of course he is. And it projects him for a 56 WRC+, which right now would feel great if he could put up a 56 WRC+. And it would be almost 20 points better than last year's WRC+. But still, that's pretty terrible. That's really bad. You want a player to at least hit 70 WRC+. And if a player of Austin Hedges' caliber defensively, you could put up with 70 WRC+. You can make that work. Steamer gets them a little bit closer to that. It says that Austin Hedges is probably a 66 WRC plus hitter, and it sees his defensive skills as even better than Zips does and projects him for 1.1 war. So he'd be a, a win, slightly above a win, better than the league average catcher, the AAA player if you brought him up to play catcher. That would be pretty doable in this lineup. The issue for me is that Austin Hedges is only under control with the team for one more year. And maybe the team signs him at the conclusion of the year and brings him back. Maybe the team sees that kind of value in him. But the reason that I say make a trade is because, from what we can see, it doesn't look like Austin Hedges is the long-term solution. And I don't think Bo Naylor is going to be ready for next year, even though he's had a good start in in, uh, Akron, which is great to see. I don't think Brian Lavastida is going to be ready to take over the catching position next year. Maybe he will. You know, it's been exciting to see him on the team so far as Luke Maley comes back from his injury. I don't think you can necessarily count on that, though, so I'd like the team to try to pursue some catching upgrades, somebody that they can control for a while, somebody that they can say, okay, we can have this guy as a catcher, and if you have too much ca- too much catching, uh, if you know Lava Seed and Naylor are looking good too, you can absolutely flip a catcher for any kind of amount of value. Now the problem is that to acquire catching, as I just said, is going to require a good amount of value from your team. So you have guys like. Uh, Miguel Amaya that I mentioned last time, Willie Hood on Twitter was great to point out that it looks like the Cubs are probably going to plan on Amaya being their starting catcher very soon, so you're not really probably going to acquire him. If you do, it's going to be very expensive, and teams just may not trade a catcher because they it's at such a premium in the game right now. But there probably are guys out there that it would be possible to grab, So we've talked a lot about Danny Jansen in the past from the Toronto Blue Jays, who's their starting catcher. But they have Gabriel Marino coming up to play a catcher for their team very shortly. So it's possible at the end of the year in the offseason that they may look to trade Jansen. Again, it's not going to be cheap, but it's the kind of person that you could say, okay, that's that's a player who's going to provide you the defensive value and not be an absolute black hole at the plate. There are other guys out there like that. The Phillies have a guy named Donnie Sands who's in their AAA, on their AAA team. He's projected for an 
uh, WRC plus, you know, in the eighties, somewhere around there in the majors. And he's a solid defensive catcher. And so that's the kind of guy that you could see him look for. There's three guys in Colorado that I could see the team looking at Elias Diaz, Carlos Perez, and Dom Nunez. All these guys are in that 80 WRC plus range, maybe a little bit higher. Hard to tell in Colorado, of course. All are decent defenders, some better than others. So in that three collection, could the team make a deal with Colorado? Always very hard to project a deal with Colorado because they're such a weird team that uh, you can never tell what they're going to do. Now, I love the name for the Phillies also. I love Logan O'Hop. He's at double-A. Uh, his feelings a little bit more questionable, but seems like he's all right. Got a little of a pop potential. So the kind of guy that, you know, if you make a deal with the Phillies, I don't, you know, you probably have to give them some pitching at this point or maybe some defense. It'd be funny to see the Phillies add Ahmed Rosario to their team because their team is so terrible defensively. But Logan O'Hop is only 22 years old, so he's not necessarily going to help your team right away. But again, kind of gives you a little bit of catching depth, which I feel like the team really needs. Maybe that's someone they could pursue if the right kind of opportunity came along. Jamie Ritchie from Pittsburgh, he's a AAA for them. He's another one of these guys that you can expect to see a little more offensive output from him, and seems like he's a decent defender from what I can see. So um, it's possible they're looking at him as the future at catcher. He's doing. He's putting up a. He put up a 120 WRC plus in AAA last year, so that's possible. But he also is 29 years old. Oh, sorry, I have to go back and look at my notes here. 29 years old, so probably not seen as the future for them for catcher. And uh, so that's definitely the kind of guy that you could say, oh, you know, he's been at AAA for a while. He can probably fill in at the majors. Not totally sure of what his fielding will look like, but the kind of name to maybe pay attention for if they see some value there. Is it possible that Jamie Ritchie, for example, is basically what they already have in Luke Maley? Only the Guardians know the answer to that question, but that's the kind of thing that I'd would love to see them do just to try to get a little bit more production at the plate. Finally, wanted to mention Nick Fortes, who's with the Miami Marlins. So um, Nick Fortes right now is in AAA, and he's got, you know, seems like he's about an average fielder. Um, he's probably going to give you something close to 90 to 80 WRC+. plus. That's just what I would love to see from the team get from the position. Now, in his brief time that Ford has had in the majors, he didn't look great defensively, but it's not necessarily what you see in the scouting report. It seems like he's adequate there, and that's kind of what I would love to see the team pursue to go with Hedges. An adequate defender who can work with Hedges. Hedges can still be there, work with his pitching staff. Hedges can start two, three times a week and let this other guy start two to three times a week. Let them basically split time so that not every day are you having the experience of Austin Hedges hit. Now, I will note that as we talk about all this, it's possible the team's saying, we're not going to really compete for the playoffs unless everything breaks right this year, so it's not a big deal if Hedges just works with our pitchers 
and helps our team being the great clubhouse leader that he is and can't bat worth a lick. That's okay for the year. And I'm fine with that. I understand that. I see the vision. I'm on board. Maybe they also see Brian Lavastida as the possible answer for catcher in 2023. And if so, man, I'm happy to hear that. And I'd love to have that happen. I do still believe the team needs some more catching depth, and I hope that that happens. So that's kind of our Austin Hedges manifesto. As the team looks to make some trades, as they eventually look to consolidate some middle infield talent, as they figure out what to do with guys like Ahmed Rosario, if the team's looking to get another little piece, I hope they get some controllable team catcher that they can have around to maybe lengthen the ability to fill that position after Hedges leads and preferably to split time with Hedges this year and really get a sense of how to work with the pitching staff like Hedges does. Hopefully Austin Hedges proves us all wrong, works with Chris Vileka, and becomes a much more competent hitter. That would be the best outcome for everyone concerned, and I'm certainly willing to believe if the team thinks that's a possibility. Maybe yesterday was the start of that, as Austin Hedges took two walks. It brings his his uh, walk percentage for the year up to 10%. That tells you about small sample size. But I just want to note that if Austin Hedges could walk 10% of the time, he would be a much, much more valuable hitter, and that'd be great to see. So a lot of it for him is just learning to be able to lay off some more pitches, not be so darn aggressive at the plate. And early in the season, it's hard for a lot of players not to be too aggressive, as we've seen with Framiel as well. So I'm, I, despite my hot take tweet of make a trade, I'm not saying trade Austin Hedges. I'm not saying get him out of the lineup. But I am saying I'd like to see the team do something a little bit more than signing a Luke Maley type to help the team get some long-term controllable catching. So that's our Austin Hedges manifesto. And tomorrow on Friday, we'll have our usual conversation with Tyler Griffith. And we'll look forward to a weekend of baseball beginning with opening day at home for the Cleveland Guardians. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.